How many love Jesus today? Okay, then. What's up, Lakeville, Maple Grove, Elk River, Spring Lake Park, those joining online. It's kickoff Sunday for us here at Emmanuel, and there's so many exciting things that are going on in each of our locations. After service for you to participate in, I encourage you to jump right in, hang out for a little bit today, and get to know people. I'm excited about it. Well, today, no matter if it's your first time or you've been here for a million years, there's an opportunity for all of us to dive into an awesome experience that is possible for everyone under the sound of my voice. You know, organizations, families, and businesses have phrases that really express the core features or values of that group of people. If I said skull, what would you think of? You'd think of the Vikings, right? Or if I said Sky Yumai, you might think of the Gophers, and we got some Gopher fans. For people like me, we just say Go Blue, and that is definitely Michigan, the motherland. Uh, if I said Just Do It, what would you think of? Or this gives you wings. Red Bull, it gives you wings. How many had one already today? Oh, my goodness. Well, here at Emmanuel... We talk about something in growth track and emphasize repeatedly the goal of Redwood faith. And today we're going to start a brand new series about Redwood faith. Redwood faith is a metaphor that ties a Redwood forest to the type of faith that we see as critical for all believers. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need it. <laughs> There are essential values in the long-term spiritual health and growth of people from every conceivable background of life. We all need it. What is it about the Redwoods that make them so different? Well, first of all, they live to be hundreds of years old and they grow hundreds of feet tall. Now, I got pictures up there because I took those from my iPhone in a Redwood forest. And I was just blown away by the sheer size and depth and complexity of this forest and how big these trees are. And the reality of that is, is that each of these impressive, amazing trees have overcome centuries of drought and fires and storms off the coast, and they're still standing. And there's a question, how did they survive? Well, you know how they survived? The answer is they didn't grow in isolation. They were connected, and their root system is interconnected underneath the ground. The roots only go 8 to 10 feet deep, but they're interconnected with all the other trees. Their strength comes from each other, if you will. And thus lies the metaphor of what is possible for you in your faith. If you try to grow in isolation, you might get taken out by the storms of life. But if you can be connected in real relationship with other people, you stand a chance of surviving the storms of life. And my goal at the church isn't just to get people listening to messages we're not just trying to get people just to attend services. Because listen, you can get messages online now. You can get a good tech talk. But what makes your faith unique and will last a long time is when you are connected to other people in the church. 
What makes your faith grow over the long haul is the people sitting around you. Hit three people and say, I need you. Not too hard. <laughs> I need you. I need you. I want you to think back to the creation story. And in the creation story, God created the heavens and the earth and he created the land. And then he created humanity. And the first human being was Adam. And God makes a statement about Adam that is true about all of humanity today. In Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be what? Alone. This is a, a diagnosis statement about our condition, about who we are. And it's not just men. It's also women. It's people. People need to grow with others around them. When we're alone, God says, it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not productive. And it's not sustainable. I want you to think about this because in the garden, before sin, Adam had God. Isn't that enough? No, God said it's not good. You need, you need somebody else. Now, many people have quoted this at a wedding, and they've talked about it in terms of marriage relationship. But if you look at the text and you look at all of Scripture, you will see woven into it that God sees that we need each other as a part of our faith in following him. In fact, you look at the Ten Commandments, and the first four are about our relationship with God, but the next six are about our relationship with each other. It's woven into the depth of Scripture that's not good that we're alone. God's words have more to say about the reality that we all need each other. And loneliness and isolation and disconnection is the source of mental health challenges and stunted emotional development. Isolated people don't survive the attacks of life or the spiritual attacks brought on by the enemy of our soul. In the absence of healthy connection, our world is shattered and disconnected, and it has a corrupted view of family relationships. The foundation, the way God made it for a child to gain security, was to belong and connect in a family. That's how they grow it. And unconditional love and discipline creates security and stability. Not just unconditional love, unconditional love and discipline. There has to be that sense of order and strength and protection. And when we get out of alignment, it gets us back on track. But when we're left to ourselves, we try to make it up. We, we, we chase connection in the wrong things. Or anger and frustration and shame becomes our narrative. And we begin to ask, what's wrong with everybody else? And then it moves to, what's wrong with me? Conflict and hurt and dysfunction and cycles of pain are the result of that. And we keep chasing those other things. And ultimately, this can even affect our view of God. Because our concept of God comes from our relationship with our earthly fathers. Is there anything more under attack nowadays than a relationship with an earthly father? 
There's so much attack against that. And let me just say this today. If you are a dad or a father, be strong. Hang in there. Your kids need you. And let me just say this. If you don't have a dad or you have a dad that was not present or a dad that was not a good father, in that space, you, you might face a difficulty reaching out to God the Father. And it's a natural thing for you. And I want you to know that by being connected to the family of God, God can rearrange your perspective to see that not all dads are like your dad was. That there's a different way of understanding who you can be and to know that you are loved and your father loves you and he will discipline you because he cares for you. Instead of feeling like I can't let that person in. How many know this generation has trust issues? Well, our trust issues are the result of that disconnection from our heavenly father. And God has a solution to that disconnection. Don't be isolated. Say that with me. Don't be isolated. In fact, in the scriptures, he's saying, put your roots down. Discover the power of connection at a deeper level. Don't miss out on what could be present in your life. Sin has separated us from God, but Jesus made a way to reconnect us with our heavenly father, our creator. In John 14, 16, 14, 6, Jesus says, he told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to who? The Father except through me. In other words, the way to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross made a way from everybody from every place on the planet, of every background, of every age and stage. You can get reconnected to your father through Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's good news. That means you're not an exception to the rule. You're not different than anybody else. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The apostle Paul, who was a leader in the church after Jesus resurrected, would write letters to the church, challenging them to think about what, what was available to them what was possible for their life. And later on in his life, he discovered the power of connection and he prayed a prayer for the church in Ephesus that is a prayer over us. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter three. Because when we are connected, this is what comes. When you're connected, and I'm talking with God the Father, if you're connected to God, this is the possibility in your life. Ephesians chapter three, verse 14, he says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. How many want that in your life? It says then. Everybody said then. Circle that or highlight that in your notes. If you got your paper Bible, underline it. If you got your, your electronic version, highlight the word then. Because the result of him being with you. It says, then Christ will make his home where? In your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love 
and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience, underline that word, may you experience the love of Christ, not just know about it, experience it. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is what is possible when you're connected, when your roots go in. May you experience the love of Christ. Now, this is really the goal of an entire series that we have coming up here now called Redwood Faith. We're going to be talking about the aspects of that each week. Today, we're going to talk about our connection with God and, and how we do it. I'll unpack it a little bit more next week. But the biggest thing that I want you to hear me is, it's not all going to come from me on Sunday morning. That literally the best way to grow and experience the love of Christ is with other people. Not in isolation, but connected to other people. And we prepared a, a participant guide that's got uh, just each week. So week one would be this week. About this week, rooted, you are made for connection. And we have something for everyone that you'll get on your way out the door today as you leave the service. And there are discussion questions in there that I want to encourage you to go through with other people. So maybe you already have a group of people. Go through this over the next few weeks. Or you need to join a group. We have opportunities for that. You'll find out about after service. But I want, you to, I want to challenge you to not think about these things by yourself. Discuss the questions. Life change happens in the context of relationship. When you begin to process it, it becomes real in your own heart. And that's literally what I want to see you guys do. And if you don't have a group, at the minimum, find a friend. Do it at family devotions at the dinner table. Whatever you got to do, get together with somebody. I'm not going to box you in. We've also got resources that will help you if you want to form a group yourself encourage you to dive into that. Don't get hung up on just what's happened in the past. Consider the promise of Redwood faith in your future. I would hate to think that you experienced all that's available 10 years ago or 20 years ago. No, you need current faith, current Redwood faith, things that will help you through the season of the story of life that you're in and to make room for the possibility in your near Future. I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 7 too. Make room for us in your hearts. You got to make room in order to have those connections. You got to look at your calendar. Everybody's busy. We just choose what we want to do, right? And so may I encourage you to make Redwood Faith a part of your story over the next few weeks. All right, today I want to give you three Redwood Faith starter essentials. So if you think about it, a starter pack, if you will, three essential starting points for our Redwood faith. You ready for this? In Ephesians chapter three, verse 17, it said, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep 
his love is. The first thing is this in that starter pack is notice that you have roots. You do. It's not those people over there have roots and I don't have roots. Everybody's got roots. Something inside of you. You have an underground part of your life. And the trees behind me on the screen, you'll see the trees above the ground. But the reality is that there's much more underneath the ground. And those root systems supply strength and nutrients to everything above the ground. And listen, you and I have a below ground part of our life, part, part of us that nobody else sees. You have a heart, a spirit, you have a soul that no one else sees on the outside. And we are told that what happens in the realm of uh, the underground part of our life will affect the rest of our life. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So whatever's going on down there affects everything up here. And as you learn to let Christ move into that part of who you are, something happens. What does it say in verse 17? Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. The condition for you to have roots that reach out to him is trust. We have to learn to trust God to do things his way. And God has a way to have a relationship with him. But how many know he also can tell us how to have a relationship with others? And as we learn to trust him, something happens. Our roots, it says your roots, that means you have them. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. You have roots. <laughs> you do. You have roots. Roots stretch for the nutrients in the soil. Something in you is reaching out for stuff that will feed you. There's a part of you that wants the water, wants the nutrients that will sustain and protect and replenish your whole life, just as a plant needs that. It says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Our root system needs to be going into God. Trusting in God positions you close enough for your roots to connect with God. Something happens when you reach out for them. And then that love can be a part of your story. Let me just take a moment to pause because there are many under the sound of my voice, believe it or not, I've learned this over time, who don't feel they deserve God's love. Or they feel like God's love is for other people but not for them. And let me just say this to you. You are not an exception to the rule. God's love extends to everyone, no matter if you're in a story where somebody spoke things over you when you were young and they, they, they spoke negative things into your life that you were worthless and you wouldn't amount to anything. And somehow that became a narrative for your life. I want you to know God can change the way you think and you can experience a love that says, I am a son or I am a daughter of God. I am special. I am called. I am chosen. I have God's smile on my life. You can experience a different type of love than what you had in your past. 
But just as true as those that sometimes when we mess up, repeatedly mess up, sin, walk away from God, do the wrong thing, that sometimes the thing that runs through your brain is that somehow you've gone too far, that maybe God would give up on you. But I want you to know that God has an everlasting, relentless love that goes after even the, the worst of sinners. He went to the ultimate lengths to send his son to die on a cross, not because his son had sinned, but because you had sinned. And he cares so much about you that his son died on a cross, Jesus did, and then he rose from the grave so that you can have hope and you can receive the love of God. You are not an exception to that. So how do you reach out? How can your roots begin to reach out to that love if you don't feel it? The answer is humility. In James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the what? The proud, but he gives grace to what? The humble. Humility is the ultimate thing that draws the love of God into your root system. When you admit where you are or where you're not, and you're honest before God, and you humble yourself, that is, it. That is your root systems begin to reach to, the, to the, the water of heaven. And you will receive from him. Now, if you're proud and you're like, I got it all together. I'm wearing Emmanuel merch. I got it down. I mean, you know, that's not going to be what it takes. The outward, what everybody else sees, isn't your heart. That's not where your roots are. You've got to humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm away from you and I need you. I need a love that I haven't experienced. I need your power in my life. Let me ask you to ask yourself two questions today. The first question is this, what has been happening to the roots of my heart lately? Ask yourself that. Where have my root systems been reaching out? Where am I being nurtured? What's feeling? Do you have a bitter root? Do you have something that's been feeding your heart? Where and what has been happening to the roots of my heart lately? And the second question is, what have I found myself reaching out to for survival? Have I tapped into God's love? Do I find God's love coming out of me? This is where it spills into relationships. Because whatever comes out in your relationships comes from somewhere. Whatever happens below ground comes out above ground. And if we're going to have the love of God, if our root system is going down into God's love, listen to what God's love is like in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. 
never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. How many are thankful for the love of God toward you and what he's done? Well, let me just say this. If this isn't what's coming out of you, you need more of the love of God. You need your roots to get in deeper. You need more of the love. You, you just got inoculated. You need to be doused in it. You just took a little taste. You need the whole lake. You need God to come and do things in your life so that it comes out of your life. You have roots and you need the love of God. And you cannot support others without his love. And just as true, you can't receive from others without the security of God's love. One of the things about trusting other people is that you need to feel secure yourself. Insecure people find it difficult to trust because there's a risk involved. But if there's no risk, because you're loved no matter what, you can take greater risks in relationships. You can forgive those that have hurt you. Listen, if you're in a pl place where it's hard to trust, hard to love because of insecurity, dive in deeper to the love of God so that it starts coming out of you. So three Redwood Faith Starter Essentials. The first one was notice you have roots. Secondly, it's okay. Your roots take time to grow. <laughs> it's okay. Your roots take time to grow. Our expectations often affect our willingness to persevere, to hang in there, to stay with it. There has to be an ability to persevere, but it's going to take time. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 13. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. Jesus likens it to the process of a seed growing into a tree. How many know that doesn't happen very fast? Uh, just a few years ago, uh, we went to the city of Blaine. They were offering uh, free tree um, saplings where you could just get the open root system and plant it. And they were ready to go, but it was real small. And so we went there and uh, we got a few of those, planted them. And about a decade later, they're now into trees. It's amazing. And I, we had one in our corner of our yard. There's a little evergreen that um, now is a massive Christmas tree, if you will, size. But um, I remember that when we planted it, uh, it was Tim's choice, our son Tim. And he was all excited about it. But every day he would go out and he'd look at it and he'd go, it's not growing. It's not growing. How many of you know that's the way it can feel in our Christian walk sometimes? Like, it's not happening fast. I prayed, and somebody had a word in the service that, that God was here healing marriages, and I thought God was speaking to me, but my marriage wasn't healed yet. It takes time. Everything has, it takes time. And listen, growing into God's love is a process, not an event. Growing into God's love is a process, not an event. In other words, it isn't going to be just with one moment. It's going to be over the length of time. 
Being born again is a starting point. Becoming a disciple of Jesus happens over time. I want you to consider that we got to have patience with how God does that. Lord, I want to I grow, but some people quit too quick. They give up too soon. They're like, I, I'm out. Peace out. I didn't like this. The church is full of imperfect people. If you're perfect, put your hand in the air. If you're imperfect, put your hand in the air, right? It's a lot of imperfect people. There's a lot of hypocrites in church. There's room for one more. We're all in the journey, right? We're all in a journey. Nobody's perfect, but it takes time. Patience requires trust that God will build it over time. At Emmanuel, our mission statement is for everyone to know Jesus, grow together, and live with purpose. We want everyone to not just know about Jesus, but to know Jesus. And by the way, you'll never stop growing in that aspect. There's more to Jesus than you can imagine. You could be way older than me, walking with Jesus, and there's still something to learn. My point is that it takes time. We got to keep growing to know Jesus. But our way of thinking about it is that we grow together. Your spiritual growth doesn't happen in isolation. It takes time with other believers. Something special happens when the people of God gather and we worship and the presence of God is here. But the type of growth that Jesus showed in discipleship was in the context of his disciples. And if you look through the Gospels, you'll discover that Jesus put his team together in a really weird way. He put polar opposites on one team. He put a tax collector and one guy that wanted to overthrow the government on his team. And you'll see that they fought all the time. Now, Jesus is the ultimate leader. Why would he pick people that were opposites? Because his interest wasn't just in them doing something for him but he wanted to grow the disciples. And he knew that in a pure sense, they would learn more, grow more with opposite people. I just want you to know this. You will grow more with people that you don't like than with people that are just like you. You come to church and you're like, I didn't like it. There's people that bug me. Guess what? They'll be at the next church too. And they'll be at work and they'll be at your house. <laughs> Stop trying to wish people different than you out of your life and start recognizing that God will use those same people to grow you. They will grow you. That's what Jesus, he allowed the, the debate to take place so that things came to the surface. You know, the people that bother me the most show me the most of what's in my heart. Okay, they're bothering me. What's coming up? Is it love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control? No. I'm, I'm angry. I'm impatient. Other things. So when that happens, it's a sign that my roots need to go deeper in the love of God. My sisters and brothers help me grow. Not the ones that are just perfect, but the ones that are different than me. Let me just say this, that when it comes to church, you're not going to grow alone just by listening to my messages. 
You're going to grow the most when you get in a relationship with other believers and you have spiritual relationships. And those spiritual relationships don't mean that everything's always fun, always perfect. All it means is that there are always opportunities for you to grow. That's why we need each other. Can I get an amen to that, church? Sometimes we need to start the process again. We need to grow again. Three Redwood Faith starter essentials. The first one was notice you have roots. Secondly, it's okay. Your roots take time to grow. And third and finally, growth requires testing. If you're going to grow, it's going to require testing. James 1 verse 3, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You're telling me there's a chance. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So the testing and the trials are the very thing that grow you as well. There's a, if you cut and slice a redwood tree and they've seen trees that have fallen over, there are rings in the tree, just as there are in other trees. Of course, there are hundreds, if not a thousand years of rings in many of the trees in the redwood forest. And you will see in those rings a, st a story, those stories to be told about eras of history. There were times of great drought. There were fires. There were times in uh, different environmental and climate type of aspects to the tree. But every tree tells a story. Did you know that your life has rings to it and they tell a story? That as you go through life, that different rings tell different parts of your eras. You know, when you were growing up and what you experienced in your family, that's a, probably really close to the center. And there's a whole lot about that that still affects all of your life, but it tells a story. And then there's the times when you broke up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or things went well or didn't go well in school, or maybe you messed up. Some people have stories of addiction in there. And if you find Jesus and through faith with other brothers and sisters, you can overcome that. Whatever those stories are. And then, of course, you can have marriage or you can have divorce in there. You can have various fires. But here's the thing. The thing about the, the Redwoods is that they overcame those eras and they kept living. They had a certain endurance. They endured for centuries. And just like that, James is saying that the trials will produce endurance in you. Resistance and trials and testing provide the right conditions for your endurance to grow. Uh, a couple years ago, I started off in, into Pharaoh's uh, extreme ba uh, body shaping and kickboxing. And uh, when they start, you go through a 10-week session. And when you do the 10-week session, it's like 45 minutes of intensity of doing things that your body isn't supposed to do. At least that's what my body was telling me when I started. Like, I mean, it, it, was, it was revolting. It was, it was in rebellion against me. My leg can't go that high, you know? And, and what about, and, and the intensity of it, and I was sore, and, but week by week, they kept upping the ante. It went a little harder. We were kicking further and longer, and, and my heart was, I was breathing harder. By the time we hit the end of it, 
I, I was so much stronger than I was at the beginning. But the instructors utilized every aspect of the training to increase my endurance. See, those trials that you go through don't have to define you historically. They don't have to stop you from moving forward. What they can do if you follow Jesus and you increase your endurance through him is you'll have a capacity to handle the next challenge. You're going to be stronger through everything that you have. And this is why he says, so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In other words, it says, so let it grow. You know who holds the keys to your spiritual growth? You do. You know the keys to your relationship growth? You hold the keys to that. James would say, you've got to let it grow. You've got to do it. Too many people are sitting around and waiting for somebody else to make the first move. Somebody else to take the initiative when it's on you. It's your responsibility if you want to grow in your spiritual walk to put the effort in. It's your responsibility to persevere through the difficulties. But you can't do it in isolation. And if you find yourself in isolation and you wonder why you're constantly wanting to quit or wanting to give up, you need to get back with believers who trust in God, who will help you on the journey. This summer, I uh, had time to think about my life and battles and the wins and the losses. Jody and I, we got married. And man, that was a, that was a trial. <laughs> I remember at one point when we were married 10 years, Jody said it's been the best seven years of her life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, marriage isn't easy. Any relationship isn't easy. It takes work. And then we had a, one child and two children and three children and four children and all the activity and the stress and working on our house and looking back at the rings of our life, we can see that each new challenge, if we leaned into God and to each other, if we took advantage of the relationships in the body of Christ, it wasn't easy, but we made it through. I remember going in and picking the brain of mentors of mine that were 10 or 15 years ahead of me, spiritual leaders in the kingdom of God that were also husbands and dads. And I would pick their brain and they would smile at me like they knew because they had gone through stuff too. And when I would listen to them, they shared out of the rings of their own story. See, Redwood Faith isn't just for you. Redwood faith is to share with future generations. When you persevere, you're going to have something to give away to others. You're going to have a capacity to coach other people. I'm at the season of my life where it is no greater joy than to have my sons pick my brain about how to be married. <laughs> Finally, I get to share something, some wins, right? And how many know I also share what I did wrong? 
So it's not just being perfect, it's just being real. I want to give you the vision of what could be in your Redwood Faith journey. That if you lean into what God is doing in you and with the people around you, that you're going to grow stronger and you're going to have an ability to be be a, a safe place for others. God is going to utilize you. This week, uh, we released the Shepherd Hearted Leader podcast. I don't know if you've heard that, but in that, uh, in it, and now it's up on all of the platforms that are out there, but I get to share a lot more of my story. Jody was picking my brain and she's asking me questions. And, and uh, so I, we shared a lot of my story and our story in the first episode. And I had one of my sons say to me this week, Dad, I listened to it. And there were a bunch of things in there I didn't even know about. Well, how cool is that? That when I do share something, my kids get to benefit from it. I want you all to stand in each of our locations right now. The prize that we're searching for is that our struggles and our growth become help to others. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks, by the way. I can't wait with the booklet as you dive in and you talk. The most valuable stuff is when you talk to somebody else. Not just the things that I share, but how you process it. And if you make room for relationship, for discussion in your life, you can grow. I'm believing that God will strengthen all of us. Would you just close your eyes for a moment in each of our locations, just as a private moment before we move on. As I was preaching, perhaps there are some of you that you are isolated and away from God. That in your heart, as it is underneath the ground that nobody else sees, you're disconnected from from the benefits of heaven. The Bible says sin separates us from God. And for whatever reason, if you've never trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can I give you an opportunity to do that right now? That through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, you can have a relationship with him right now. You don't get perfect first. You come to him humble, acknowledge who you are, and he makes you new. Or perhaps you're here today, and you once walked with Jesus, but you wandered away, and you need to come back home and surrender to him. Nobody's looking around, just your eyes are closed for a moment. If that's you in each of our locations, can you just say, that's me, and put your hand up? I need to come back to him, or I need to come to him for the first time. Yes, 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 yes. Even online, you can click it in the chat right now and just say, I need to come back to the Lord. I need to give my life to Jesus. If you raise your hand, I, I'd just like to lead you in a prayer. And I just believe that Jesus will hear you pray. I'll give you words to pray, but you gotta mean it from your heart. So just pray this after me and everybody else you can join right in. Say, Jesus, Thank you for loving me so much as you came to the earth. You died on the cross for my sin. You rose from the dead and you're alive. Today, I surrender to you and I ask you to be my leader for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise, amen.
Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.